If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for June 3rd, 2012. And um, today we're going to be basically like another current event uh, Bible study. Probably, I don't know, probably the most heavy-duty, brutal, sobering study I've ever done. Uh, I, this information is just unreal. Uh, definitely not ear-tickling. Of course, it usually never is, but this is going to be uh, particularly a very, very, very heavy-duty study. Uh, it's 21 pages. It's probably going to take me a full four parts to get through. A lot of Bible. Uh, and... Um, just very, very sobering uh, information we're going to be getting into today. Uh, first article is, and it kind of gets more heavy duty as we progress. Anyway, uh, first article is pastor sentenced to two years in prison for teaching that parents should spank their children. Um, now, before I, I got into this particular thing, into this particular article, um, I wanted to list the, some of the Bible verses that pertain to the way we're supposed to raise our children. Because I could care less what the government is telling me to do regarding uh, how we raise our children. All that really matters is the Word of God. That's it. So, if we look in the Bible, and all these Bible verses are listed for the PDF for uh, June 3rd, 2012. Uh, Proverbs 19.18 these are all King James. Uh, Chasten thy son while there is still hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. Uh, so you've heard the expression, this is going to hurt me more, it's going to hurt you, like, you know, before you spank your child or whatever. Uh, it's kind of like that. Let not a soul spare for his crying. Chasten thy son, chastening. Essentially, disciplining, spanking, you know. Uh, not child abuse, but we're talking... Um, from a biblical standpoint, well, I'm going to get more into that with some of these other verses to give a complete description of that. So it says, Chasten thy son while there is still hope. Meaning, there comes a time where if you as a parent decide not to discipline your child and let them grow up and act and behave in any way, shape, or form they feel as though they should act, there comes a time where there will be no more hope. They're ruined. I'm not saying God can't get a hold of somebody and change them, but for all intents and purposes, you know, you can't just wait until they're whatever, or wait until the problem's so gigantically horrific in their behavior patterns, and then all of a sudden try to implement biblical discipline. The problem is, is the damage has been done. Uh, Chasten thy son while there's still hope. And let not thy soul spare for his crying. Don't don't let them whining and crying and talking you out of spanking them uh, interfere with that process if it is, you know, a righteous punishment. Proverbs 22, 6 
and 15, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's why you do it when they're, they're young. Because when they're old, they'll not depart from it. But you, you have to start, you know, early. Obviously, I mean, if they're a baby, you know, it's one thing. But when they can start, you know, um, basically knowing between right and wrong, when that time is, you know, you pray to the Lord about it. You know, you can kind of gauge a child. Some some children uh, catch on quicker than others. I mean, obviously, some are potty trained earlier than others. Some learn to talk earlier than others. You know, these types of things. So it's something that, you know, you would want to re- rely on the Lord to show you. Uh, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. It's That's just the, the fact of the matter. Foolishness. They're not little angels. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. The rod of correction. It's what the rod is for. It's a disciplinary in, instrument. We'll talk about that more in a second. But So foolishness is bound up in the heart. It's just a fact of the matter. You know. We're born with a sin nature, in other words. And, you know, going all the way back to what happened in the Garden of Eden, we're born with a sin nature, essentially. And, um, you know, that's just the way it is. So, Proverbs 23, 13, and 14 says, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Wow. I bet you... Smiley Joel Osteen is preaching a very similar sermon right now. You know, he looks like a stern disciplinarian to me. Anyway, yeah, uh, just kidding. Thou shalt beat him with a rod, thou shalt deliver his soul from hell. Now, the rod, if you actually look up the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, what that word is derived from, one of the the things that it can be, because there's multiple, you know, meanings, is a branch. You've heard of, of taking the switch to somebody or whatever, those types of things, so... Um, this isn't like, you know, you're beating them with some implement of torture and, 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 uh, you know, breaking bones and stuff like that. Uh, I think the, the best advice I had seen from pastors is like, you know, those, uh, not a ping pong paddle, but the kind that you used to play that little ball game with where it beats against the, the paddle. There's different ones of those. There's some that are a little more thicker than others, I guess. Um, the real super cheap ones are, I guess you could use one of those when they're, when they're little, that type of thing. Um, I'm not talking about beating somebody in like child abuse. I'm talking about just biblical discipline spanking. I mean, you know, I grew up, when I grew up in elementary schools, you'd go to the principal and I mean, they had paddles in there that I can remember, you know, had like names on them and they like, they drilled holes through the wood um, to like make sure they were more aerodynamic as they went through the air, and, and you know, I mean, these huge paddles that the principals wielded, and that was a source of fear that was good. It was good. You thought about your actions before you did something really stupid because you could go to the principal's office and get um, uh, spanked. I don't think I've ever that ever happened to me. Got disciplined plenty of times at home, but I don't remember ever actually having to go to the principal's office 
And uh, but I'm telling you, those principles, and, and I'm sure it was even worse going back further because I mean, I grew up in that era. It was like the the uh, the mid '70s to you know to the early '80s that type of thing. It was a good thing, you know. And those paddles were heavy duty. The ones the principals had, they didn't mess around a lot of those. Um, and it was a good thing. So again, it's this whole, it's the biblical, it's biblical what we're in reference to here. Okay. We're not talking about child abuse. We're not talking about breaking bones. We're not talking that, that type of garbage. Okay. But, uh, this principle is biblical and it does work. And I'll make no apologies to the government for what the Bible says. And again, this is why I've said in times past that ultimately they will have to outlaw the word of God because it is not going to conform with the tenets of the new world order. Okay, They want the children today to grow up spoiled, rotten brats that have no self-restraint, that eat whatever they want, that drink whatever they want, that do and say whatever they want, that will be little narcs and little snitches and little brown shirt Nazis for the state. And they will be, they want them to be brainwashed in the public school system and to have sex education at the earliest possible age and to teach that two mommies and two daddies is a good thing, which is all things that I'm referencing now are things that are being done in the public school system. It's a brainwashing institution more than anything. Oh, and also making sure you're all caught up on your shots in order to attend school so you have all the proper pharmacia in, in um, cursed uh, vaccinations that they're injecting into you. And many of them are cultured literally off aborted babies called human diploid cells, one of the main things that they're cultured off. At least, I believe it's up to like 18 now are. MMR, uh, Varivax, the chicken pox, those are all cultured off aborted babies. So you inject that into a little child, who knows what it's doing to them. And then all, not only things, but, but the mercury in them, the aluminum, the detergents, the, all of the horrific things that they put in the vaccines, the squalene that causes all kind of autoimmune reactions and brain problems and autism and things of this nature. So um, the public school system is, is, bent, uh, is, is going to be against biblical tenets that we're talking about today, obviously. So next verse... I mean, but just to end in that one, thou shalt beat him with a rod, thou shalt deliver his soul from hell. A, a lot of this, I mean, it's a proven fact that most people get saved when they're young, if they're going to get saved. You see very few, like, 70-year-olders getting saved. Why? Because they're set in their ways. They Think about this, too. If you're set in your ways, if you have had a pattern of sin in your life, and you are, and what is, what is that sin? I mean, what is influencing you to that sin? Well, demons, devils. These types of things. Fallen angels. If you've had a whole lifetime where you're in a certain pattern of sin, you're acquiring along the line more devils into your sphere of influence, into whether they're literally indwelling your flesh or influencing you. I think that's a reason it's harder to get saved as you get older, because you get more entrenched, you get more demonically entrenched in your ways. And it's harder and harder and harder to get saved, because those devils continually blind you 
more and more and more to the truth. As you age more, it's a proven fact. Most people, if they get saved, it's a, there's a much higher likelihood it's going to happen the younger the age, the better. They're more innocent. They're not as near as defiled as you would be had you lived 50 more years, obviously, just living in the world. They're more humble. Children tend to be more humble. Well, that's why Jesus Christ said, unless you humble yourself as a little child, you will not see the kingdom of God. These types of things. We, uh, a child is naturally, typically humble. Or, or they're going to be a lot more prone to being humble, even if they grow up and they get prideful at some point. They're going to obviously be more humble at an earlier age, typically. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure there's exceptions to every rule, okay? But, typically. So... Thou shalt beat him with a rod, thou shalt deliver his soul from hell. You're, you're, you're literally delivering their soul from hell much of the time. It may be because, if you think about it, disciplining, spanking, is a very humbling experience for the child. It may be the very thing that puts things into perspective for them where they actually end up getting saved. Or it may be one part piece of the puzzle. It's not what gets them saved, but I'm saying it might be one of the very many steps to get them to that point where they accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and humble themselves to that point. So, just something to think about. Proverbs 29, 15, and 17 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom. So here's disciplining, um, actually giving you wisdom. It gives you proper perspective. I mean, if you understand there's consequences to your actions, and before... Let's say before you committed something that you got spanked for. You thought, well, I, I can do this and I can get away, away with it. Okay? That's not wisdom. But then you do it and you don't get away with it and you get discipline. You get spanked. The rod and the reproof. Well, that's giving you wisdom. You're gaining understanding. You're gaining wisdom. You know not to do that again. It's a good thing. So, the rod of reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Now, that's a big one in today's day and age. Now, again, I understand there's a lot of women out there, and and not to say all, but a lot of women, their sorry husbands left them. They got to work two jobs just to make ends meet. And their child's being raised by who knows who. Or by a video game console, or by friends that are a bad influence. Maybe they don't have any, you know, uh, parental figure at home, particularly maybe after school. So a child left to himself will bring his mother to shame. You know, I was a little devil when I was growing up, and I spent, like, when I got off the bus, my mom was working, my dad was working, and they didn't get home a lot of times until this, you know early in the evening, and I was up to no good a whole lot of the time. I sure, I, I was a little devil. I'd be the first to admit it. But I I was left to myself. You know. And I did do some things that, that brought shame on my parents. You know. But my dad was a, when he would discipline, he would just go nuts. I mean, he was just psycho. So, that was carrying it way too far. <laughs> then you get into the realm of when you take a child like I was and you, 
sometimes I would get disciplined or beat for doing nothing. One time I bought the wrong kind of M&Ms, literally. And for that, I was rewarded with being smothered to the point of death. Um, and I'm, I mean that literally. I mean, I passed, just about passed out. I was right to the point where you die. I mean, and then I was thrown out in the front yard, told to sleep in the front yard, and beat horrifically. It was, now that's, that's ridiculous, that, what I just described. So obviously, there's a happy medium, there's a biblical happy medium that has to be struck here. When you do that to your child, you're literally um, injecting or infesting the child with demons. I believe that. The fear that can ge- that you can generate on a child by going ballistic nuts, beating him, smothering him to the point of almost death. That now you're now you're literally doing what occultists do to children, where they'll take the smallest child and literally sexually assault them. And they're literally, they know what they're doing. They're literally infusing that child with devils and demons at the earliest possible age, vampirizing their innocence, defiling them, to, to really just mess them up and turn them into the same things they are. We're going to talk a lot about that today as well, toward the end. Um, so, obviously, there's a biblical happy medium that needs to be struck here. Okay, You don't, uh, in other words, you don't discipline your child in rage. Now, not to say that there's not times you're not going to be mad, okay? But in a rageful anger where you're going to do stupid stuff, no, 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 no. no. You need to cool down first and then do it, okay? You, that there's, So please understand there's, there's a happy medium that needs to be struck here. Uh, correct thy son and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. So when you do this, he should give you the rest, meaning you're going to have peace. They're not going to be a source of, like, growing up. If you do this, particularly do it early enough, and particularly if you have the memorizing Bible verses, I did that with Taylor. I mean, I had her in um, Awana. Now, I know Awana's been pretty much infiltrated to a large extent, but they, I still got them, those KJV tapes that Awana has, and I mean... Oh, word, she knew, like, more Bible than I would probably say 99% of the church people did by the age of, like, six or seven. I mean, memorize the verse to song. And that's a huge thing. I mean, you're, you're having a heavy influence, body, soul, and spirit on them when they're memorizing scripture at that level. That many verses. I never had that uh, advantage or opportunity. But that's a big one. Big, big, big one. It's not just about proper discipline. It's about, obviously, it's just one aspect of it. Um, you know, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, uh, Psalm 119. Um, so, that's, you know, one of the things to think about as well. So, correct thy son, he shall give thee rest. He shall give delight unto thy soul. So, later in life, all of this will pay off. It's like a seed. You're planning. When you do the right things when they're young enough, later in life, it bears much fruit, much good fruit. You don't do the right things, though, when, when they're first brought up. You do the wrong things. You don't discipline them. They're not in the Word of God. Let's say they're, they're, they're raised any way that they want to be raised. They're not disciplined 
they're they're not uh, they're they're allowed to smart mouth and, and and eat and drink and do whatever they want. They're given over to carnality. In other words, uh, that's a huge one nowadays. You know the the children I'm seeing growing up now, and that goes into the teenagers. They drink and eat, and I'm just talking about drinking and eating. whatever they want, whatever tastes good, whatever uh, food, or and it, it's garbage. It's I mean, fried food, stuff loaded with all these artificial sweeteners, um, cookies, cakes, can't. So once in a while, that's fine, but but to have a steady diet of it every single meal, they're so spoiled. Some of my daughter's friends, I mean, I cannot believe how spoiled they are. Just eat whatever, and copious amounts of this stuff. And I'm thinking, wow, imagine what's going to happen when martial law is declared, and we can't have access to all of our, all of our sugary uh, treats and candies and fried foods and garbage that we're putting in our mouth 24-7. It never ends. I'm like, what are they going to do then? That's just, it's a scary thought. I've seen these, these videos of these people of like raging at these um, fast food places in the drive-thru or inside just going absolutely nuts because the order wasn't done right or maybe it wasn't done quick enough or maybe they ran out of uh, chicken McNuggets or whatever, which is one of the worst possible things you could ever put in your body. Go up on the internet and, and, and go to YouTube and say, um, Kian, um, Chicken McNuggets, how they're made. Um, it's like this pink, literally, pink goo. It looks like something that would come out of a uh, ice cream machine. It's mechanically separated chicken. Oh, it is nasty. I'm telling you, it's one of the worst things you can put in your body, Chicken McNuggets. It is just horrific. Fried foods, again... Really, really bad. Superheating fats causes trans fatty acids. Um, the the fats they're using in the oils are are um, they they reheat it and they reheat it and they reheat it. It produces all of these free radicals, trans fatty acids, unbelievably cancer causing. Will cause you to age, gums up your liver, plaques up your arteries, uh, affects so many things, in a, in a horrifically negative way. Really set you up for cancer, and um, but and I'm not being mean to my listeners. I'm just saying in general, I'm not like targeting anybody. I'm saying in general, the way teenagers and children are being raised, from what I've seen personally, of what they're allowed to eat, is unbelievable. They are going to age so much quicker. And in have degenerative diseases, cancer, it's all part of the New World Order agenda to kill us off. You can't even buy a pack of gum or, or any of these things in the stores anymore that's not loaded with either um, NutraSweet, Asphaltane Potassium, Sucralose, all of these artificial death neurotoxin sweeteners that essentially all causes cancer and all kind of other horrific things. It's all loaded. Why do you think they're doing that? To kill us. And not only this, all those compounds are addictive. So you want to go buy more and more and more. They spoil your taste buds to the point where other foods, like apples and good things, 
there's no appeal to that because it's not sweet enough anymore because you've so overloaded your taste bud receptors with this garbage food. All of the sauces that teenagers put on stuff now and, and children. Everything has to be covered in all of these horrific sauces. Ranch, dressing, copious amounts of ketchup. All of these sauces you have to dip things in. I mean, you take a horrific food and then you have this this sauce that's laden with MSG, monosodium glutamate, which is a neurotoxin, an excito, called an excitotoxin, causes all kind of horrific stuff in, in the body. All of these chemicals, all of these things are designed to so spoil your taste buds and get you addicted to them. Doritos and those types of things are loaded as well. That other foods will have no appeal to you because they're not going to overload your taste bud receptors. That's how MSG works. And they hide it in just about everything. Just because it doesn't say MSG on the label doesn't mean it's not in there. Anytime it says natural flavorings, it's got MSG in it. Audio, autolyzed yeast extract, MSG. It's just that, particularly, like, uh, if it says natural flavors, that means that up to, I think it's like 40% of it, it can't have higher than like 40% of MSG in order to say natural flavors. If it has more than that, then they have to label it as that. They get around in so many different ways. So, you know, this is why, you know, detoxing, I believe, is so important as well. Detoxing all, I mean, they're, they're spraying us with chemtrails all the time, like cockroaches. Barium, aluminum sulf, uh, aluminum, um, ethylene dibromide, which is an additive in, in gasoline. All of these things, horrific things that they put in the chemtrails. And we're breathing that in, getting the fluoride and the chlorine in the water, you know, destroys your brain, causes cancer, you know, plaques up your arteries. Causes an unbelievable IQ drop as well, particularly the fluoride. All the stuff they're doing in the food, the water, the air. You have to be constantly, you don't have to, but you really should be doing constant, ongoing detoxification. Bowel, liver, blood. You know, it's, um, it's a battle. But when they're trying thousands of different ways to literally kill us, with thousands of different chemicals, that they're inserting into water, air, food, and then other ways that we're getting outgassing through carpets and upholstery and the interior of our cars and these types of things. It's tough. You know. Let's go further. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. I don't like it when I see kids smart-mouthing and being disrespectful to their parents. It's a bad sign. You know, real bad sign. Uh, I understand that, that you know, maybe it's, maybe it's deserved. Who knows? Maybe the parent was so sorry they didn't raise them or whatever, and they let them do whatever they did, and now they're reaping what they sow. Okay. Well. But... It's still not biblical for a child to not, you know, honor their mother and father. Understand, I'm sure you could get objections to any thing or whatever. I'm just saying, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. 
Now, granted, this is being spoken to somebody they're assuming is going to raise their child right. I mean, if you grew up in a crack house somewhere, and your mom said, hey, go down to the corner and get me another thing of crack so I can get... Now, okay. (laughs) Uh, So, understand. understand there's there's obsections to every rule, okay, here. But I'm saying, this is assuming here, biblically, that you're... Your children, your parents are trying to raise you in a biblical manner. Children, obey your parents and Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, uh, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest live long in this earth. I believe a lot of lives have been cut short because they haven't, children, teenagers haven't done this. I mean, what's the opposite? Okay, what if you don't honor father and mother? What if you don't obey your parents and Lord? Well, then it won't be well with thee, and thou mayest not live long on this earth. The Bible talks about the wicked not living out half their days, you know, and so it's a proven fact that that um, the gays, the, the gays, the homosexual, bisexual, lesbians, that they live a extremely shortened lifespan. I believe it's like the high forties or something. Now, it's a proven fact. Their lifespan is way shorter than the average person. It's, it's at least. Uh, 25 years. I think it's more. Oh, I'm sure that that's just a big fat coincidence. That they just, they live 25, 30 years less than the normal. It has nothing to do with their sinful lifestyle and uh, them reaping what they sow and the wicked not living out half their days. No, it has nothing to do with that, I'm sure. It has everything to do with that, actually. It's just the, it's just the word of God proving itself once again. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Like I said, like with my dad, he did a lot to provoke me to wrath. You know. Particularly when you're disciplined for something, like, totally stupid. You know. Like I had mentioned earlier. That's provoking your children to wrath. Then they're going to turn out way more messed up. Not only are you going to possibly be imparting your own brand of personal demons into them if you're, if you're a psycho and beating them for no reason or unjustly disciplining them, let's say an unsaved person like my dad was, but um, you're provoking them to wrath. They're, they're going to um, not feel as though they have an outlet for justice. Because that's not justice, and they know that deep down. So they're going to turn out messed up. They're going to probably start to become what that parent is doing to them. And then they're going to repeat the cycle, potentially. That's a, that's a heavy... Um, well, that's how things happen like that. That's why child abusers beget child abusers. That's why it's a proven fact that most people that are gay... Homosexuals were, were uh, sexually assaulted by a same-sex uh, person at a very early age. Let's say a boy who gets sodomized by some relative man at a very early age, and he turns out to end up being gay and repeating the same process. When you do that, you're literally infesting them with demons. And those same, like, homosexual type of demons in this particular case. And then they turn out to do the same exact thing. I, again, I know there's there's exceptions to the rules, but it's, for the most part, that's why that is the way it is. So, um, we bring them up, up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. 
next verse. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. That's another thing that can, it can uh, provide. If you're always provoking them to anger. And then, uh, that was uh, Colossians 3, 20, 21, through 21. And then 1 Timothy 3, 3 through 4. I believe this is the qualification for not only a, a pastor, bishop, elder, spiritual overseer, like of a church, but also deacons. They have a very similar qualifications in the Bible. Husband of one wife, and not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, which means money hungry, which is, <laughs> unfortunately, would disqualify a ton of preachers out there. Um, not all, but a, but a ton. But patient, not a brawler, um, brawler, somebody gets in fights all the time, not covetous, meaning coveting one's goods, again, would you get in the home realm of greed there, one that ruleth his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Now, I can't tell you how many pastors I've seen out there that don't, this one verse right here would totally disqualify them, because their personal lives are an absolute wreck, mess, uh, embarrassment. It was, I mean, I'm serious, but the ones I've been around, it was almost the norm. They didn't, maybe their, maybe their own wife and them were okay, but their children were really, really, really messed up. Had rebelled and done all these things, having his children in subjection with all gravity. I'm just saying, this is with qualifications for them. If, if you have a problem with it, it's not with me, it's with the Word of God. It's a qualification. I don't think the vast, vast, vast majority of pastors are qualified from a biblical standpoint to do what they're doing. And then you get into the whole 501c3 corporate church issue, where the church isn't even formed by God, it's formed by the government through the Internal Revenue Service, and you have to abide by those guidelines, or you're supposed to because you signed on the dotted line, and you're the CEO of the church and the board of deacons of the directors, and then you go to the state to get your license to preach by the power invested in me by the state of Florida, by the state of Georgia. I now pronounce thee man and wife. Wouldn't it be the power invested in you by God? No, no, it says it in the Bible, you've got to go to the state to get your license. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say that at all. I don't think that Jesus or the apostles ever had a license from the state to do what they were doing. There's a lot of things that go on in the church that are not even discussed or talked about. And to me, just totally, or maybe not totally, but really would throw a monkey wrench into your ministry, into your calling with God. Okay, I'm going to start on the right in the main article now. Do you believe that parents should be able to spank their children? Do you ever express what that opinion to others? If so, then you could be sent to prison now. Sadly, that is exactly what happened to one pastor up in Wisconsin recently. A minister named Philip Caminiti was sentenced to two years in prison. Two years! for simply teaching that parents should spank their children when they misbehave. Please note that Caminiti was not accused of spanking anyone or physically hurting anyone, but he was put in prison simply for his speech. He was put in prison simply for what he was teaching others to do. 
But it's what the Bible says to do. I mean, from what I just said, those verses are in the Bible. Whether you agree with spanking or not, this should be incredibly sobering for all of us. Increasingly, speech is being penalized in the United States. In states, much of the time, the focus of the attacks by the forces of political correctness is on religious speech. If this trend continues, many of you that are reading this article might be in jail for the things that you say in the coming years. Man, is it going to be awesome to be with Jesus Christ and not have to deal with this garbage that's only getting worse by the day anymore. I mean, I, I, it's pretty bad when you're like listening to things. And like I was listening to this interview on today with uh, Hagman and Hagman and Steve Quayle. And he was talking about the checkpoints. And he says, yeah, you pull up to these checkpoints. And he was saying all the various scenarios that they might have Spetsnaz troops there. And these guys with um, all these specialized uh, machine guns and stuff and RPG rocket launchers if, if anybody gets online I'm thinking man that'd be awesome I mean, what a quick way to go <laughs> it's pretty bad when, when that becomes your mindset on, on wow it's going to be quick at least I mean hopefully it'll be quick you know instead of you know long slow torture agony you know I mean obviously quick death is but it's it's to that point now that I'm listening to things and it's and I'm thinking oh hey <laughs> I can deal with that Lord I mean you know hey but it's it's that bad. It really is. Because this world is beyond insane at this point. And it's just, woe to them that call good evil and evil good. That's that's all I'm seeing now, just about, in, in, the, in the modern day world. The, 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 the news, the news outlets, the ones that are not alternative, like the mainstream ones, they're just total lies and propaganda, almost, anymore. So, anyway, um, when many of us were growing up, once in a while our parents would take out a belt or a wooden paddle and give us a paddling on the behind when we did something wrong. Was there anything wrong with that? Of course not. Yes, there is a real child abuse going on out there, but the vast majority of instances, spanking does not do any lasting physical harm. Again, we're talking about biblical discipline here. Okay, We're not talking about child abuse. Uh, rather, as we just saw in the Bible verses referenced, and which I actually inserted in there, it wasn't in the main article originally, it benefits the child, the discipline benefits the child because it helps them learn what is right and what is wrong. Okay, I do not know... I know that when I got a licking on the behind as a child, that helped me to remember not to do the same thing again. <laughs> That's the whole point of it. But see, even God says that. It says if you, it, God says regarding a believer, it says that you know if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. For whom God loveth, he also chasteneth. Okay, so if we're God's child, we're saved, and, and God loves us, he's going to chasten us. Okay, he's going to spank us because we're all going to sin, we're going to mess up, and God does that to us in order to bring us into a closer relationship with him, in order so that we would know right from wrong, in order that he is purifying us, and like a person in a garden pruning a plant, he's pruning us, he's making us better, he's making us more fit for the master's use, this type of thing. So it's all good, okay? Um, but it's it's to learn the difference between right and wrong. 
And if, and if we'd be without chastisement, then you're bastards. So it's one of the things where people say, well, how do you know someone's saved? Well, this is one way that you will know someone's saved. It's not the only way. I mean, obviously, they should exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, temperance, these types of things. Also, are they living like the devil and nothing's happening to them and they're just living? And then they have no conviction of sin? That's another thing. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. Uh, you're going to get convicted when you sin, typically. I mean, you know, Holy Spirit living inside you, right? You know? Oh, and, I, and now, if they're acting as though their conscience has been seared with a hot iron, and they can just live in sin and live like the devil and there's no conscience of that, that's a real bad sign. And if they can do that and you don't see any discipline of God in their life, you don't see any... I mean, I know when I've done stuff in the past, man, I mean, God can take you to the woodshed like... Oh, I mean... Unbelievably... I've been there. And it is horrific... How bad it can get. Well, I was saved. God was chasing me. I deserved it. Probably deserved worse. And, um, but when you see somebody just living like the devil, no conviction of sin, well, I'm saved. And there's no chasing on their life. That's not a real good sign that they're actually saved. So, like I said earlier, I posted a few teachings of mine regarding this. Now, because this a lot of this has to do with the state, you know, saying, okay, you do this or you do that. Well, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Okay, you tell me to do something that's against the word of God. No, I'm going to pick, pick the word of God. Oh, well, there's consequences they're going to tell you. Oh, well, I'll pick the word of God. I'll, I'll, I'll adhere to the word of God. I'm not going to capitulate to you because you're telling me to do something unjust. Period. There's a teaching that I did back in 07 called U.S. Hate Crimes Legislation Will Outlaw the Bible. I'll give you that teaching. And then Romans 13, which is a real big one that pastors use nowadays. Uh, Romans 13, an unlimited subservience to the government. Where should a Bible-believing Christian draw the line? Because they totally misinterpret Romans 13. And there's been a lot of teachings done that lately, and I'm, I'm glad for that um, as well. Getting to the main part of the story, it says, Dane County Circuit Judge Marianne Sumi was absolutely horrified that some parents would actually use a wooden spoon to spank little children when they misbehaved. I mean, what is this world coming to? Perhaps that judge should actually try to speak to, to spank someone with a wooden spoon sometime. You simply cannot do that much damage with a wooden spoon. I mean, obviously, with most wooden spoons, you can't. Okay, so as an intimidation method, instead of going after the parents who were doing the spanking, prosecutors chose to go after the pastor that said these things instead. They claimed Caminiti was the spoke of the wheel of this conspiracy. I guess the Bible is the conspiracy then, because the, the Bible would be the hub of the spoke of the wheel. And it's not conspiracy, it's just laying out practical ways that we should live our lives. Even after Caminiti leaves prison, two years in prison, okay, he will be forbidden from having any contact with his old church. Caminiti will be on extended supervision for six years after his release from prison. Six years. 
You've got all kind of criminal activities going on at the highest levels in this sick, twisted government and world that we live in. And this guy gets two years in prison with six years of supervised, um, extended supervision after he's released? I mean, just beyond insanity. Despite objections on constitutional grounds by Kim and Eddie's lawyers, um, Regarding these things. Sumi, this wonderful black-robed devil witch judge, Sumi ordered that he not have any contact with Aletha Bible Church and have no leadership role in any church. It's not too unjust. Seems fair, right? So, what in the world is happening to this country? Criminal predators are literally eating the faces off of people as we're going to discuss uh, very soon. And yet authorities want to go after pastors, and that's a literal statement. If you haven't heard about that yet, we're going to discuss that next. And yet authorities want to go after pastors that are encouraging their congregations to following the teachings of the Bible. Have we stepped into a really bizarre episode of the Twilight Zone? Sadly, this is not the only example of how our free speech is under attack these days. Up in New York, a new bill was recently introduced that would outlaw all mean-spirited and baseless political tax. But again, who is the one that judges that? Well, of course, it'll be it'll be Big Brother. I think that would cover a whole lot of people that leave comments on my blog. This is the man writing the article. The following is a recent article by Kurt Nemo described what this new world and this new law would require. New York State government is attempting to pass the measure in both Senate and Assembly. The legislation has been referred to the Codes Committee in the Senate, and the Government Operations Committee in the Assembly. Both proposals are identical and would affect messages posted on message boards, blogs, social networks, and any other discussion site where people can hold conversations in the form of posted messages. The law would require websites to post email addresses for removal requests clearly visible in any sections where comments are posted. Those demanding the removal of content they find objectionable, however, would have their anonymity protected. Meaning if you said something you know, derogatory about like, a gay person or something that they deemed offensive, they're going to be protected, you're not. And guaranteed it's only going to be protecting the liberals and the pagans and the, and the Satanists and these types of Luciferians and the ones that want this type of um, thing. Had the internet been around in the late 1700s, perhaps the anonymously written Federalist Papers would have been taken down unless Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and John Jay revealed themselves, notes David Kravitz writing for Wired. Will we soon see such laws nationwide? Well, it's just a matter of time. Will all blogs and websites soon be at the mercy of the politically correct police? The days of the free internet, the days of what like I'm doing right now, for instance, it's beyond numbered. Beyond numbered. I mean, it could happen this week. They could have some whatever happen and take down the internet, and that's it. Over. So, it reminded me of these verses. Psalm 94, 20-23. Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, and this is, this is like the throne of iniquity. The throne of sin. Just America in general. Shall it have fellowship with thee? Which frameth mischief by a law. 
That's all they're doing. They just keep framing these unjust laws and legislations over and over and over because their deeds are evil and they want to back everybody into a corner where there's just no place to run, hide, or do anything. They gather themselves to get together against the soul of the righteous. They, meaning the ones planning out all these unjust, evil laws. And condemn the innocent blood. But the Lord is my defense. And my God is the rock of my refuge. See, that's really, literally real. I mean, that's going to play out. Not to say it's not playing out for real right now, but that's really what it's all coming down to. The Lord just truly being your defense. There's, there's, that's not saying that's what it should be now. I'm just saying that's where it's actually going to um, ultimately truly be. Where you're just going to have to rely 100% on the Lord for your defense. God is the rock of my refuge. The reason I say that is some people may, right now may, may be relying on this or that or thinking that I'm protected here or there. But I really believe the Lord's going to put us in that position where we realize truly that he's our only defense. And he shall bring upon them their own iniquity. See, God's judgment's coming as well. I understand that full justice isn't going to be meted out until really the Battle of Armageddon, if you really want to extend it all the way to the end of the tribulation. But it, there, there will be God's judgment on the way as well. I believe that. He shall bring upon them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. Yea, the Lord our God shall cut them off. This is something we should pray for. Well, that's not biblical. Yes, it is. That's why I did that teaching on Psalm 64 and imprecatory prayers. Okay, is it biblical to say, God, bless them in their wickedness. Let them do evil. Let them sacrifice the little children as the, as the Satanists do in, in darkness. Let, them, let, them, let the pedophiles roam free and rape and pillage. Let the corrupt judicial system and the corrupt political processes work out and, and defile, you know, I mean, that's obviously not good to pray for that. Wouldn't it be more merciful for, for God to literally judge them in this life, to take them out, so that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of God's doing, as the Bible says in Psalm 64? I think it's more merciful. There's much more potential people will get saved in that environment too, in God's judgment. When Ananias and Sapphira were judged in the Bible, the result was many people got saved and many people got right with God. It was a um, it was a very good scenario. It, it had it bore very good fruit very quickly. So going further, up in Buffalo, New York is apparently now against the law to hand out Christian tracts on a public sidewalk. At least that is what one man was recently told when he attempted to hand out tracts outside of an Italian heritage festival. The following is from a recent World Daily Net article. While handing out tracts to willing recipients on a public street during a public festival, Owen was approached by a police officer who declined to identify himself, but told him that the Buffalo Police Department is the law and he should stop handing out tracts. According to the lawsuit, subsequently another police officer arrived on the scene. She quickly informed Owen that they could not hand out tracts in the festival and explained that the prohibition was by our orders. Owen asked her name and she replied, Sloka, write it down, meaning uh, that uh, one of them was Officer Sloka. Uh, Owen advised that he believed the tracks to be free speech. 
Um, non-affected, this officer reiterated that they couldn't hand out tracts there and had to go outside of the area festival to continue with their expressive activity. Then Owen inquired as to whether they would be arrested if they continued to hand out tracts in the festival area, to which this officer replied, yes, essentially you will be arrested. Um, He goes on to say, this almost makes me angry enough to take a trip over to Buffalo and hand out tracts right outside the police station. Even if you don't even distribute literature, you should be alarmed at how our freedom of speech is being eroded. The truth is that whenever anyone has their freedom of speech attacked, it's an attack on all of us. If we are not careful, uh, careful, we are going to end up just like Canada. At one high school in Canada recently, a student was suspended from school for a week for wearing a shirt with the following message. Life is wasted without Jesus. That's a really good, really good message. Life is wasted without Jesus. Wow. The student was told that the shirt was hate talk. And then he would end up being suspended for the rest. It, it is. Any life without Jesus, done through the Lord Jesus Christ, apart from the Holy Spirit, is a life wasted. It is. What about Mother Teresa? A life serving Catholicism? And taking people to hell ultimately because you're pointing them to a cult? Well, but my good works will get me in heaven. No, they won't. No, they won't. You only get to heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't understand that, go to contendingfortruth.com, click on the True Salvation tab at the very start, the page, and I'll walk you biblically through that whole process. It's not hard, but it needs to be explained to you if you're not understanding what I'm saying. So, you know, oh, what about a life-serving Buddha? <laughs> or Confucius? It's all wasted. You're all ultimately... It's an absolute waste of an existence. It's a great shirt I think she was wearing. It's, ultimately, it's only going to take you and anyone else you influence to hell. So, they're coming for our free speech, ladies and gentlemen. They are not going to be satisfied until they have either shut all of us up or put us all in prison. It is imperative that we stand up for free speech while we still can. Once our freedom of speech is gone, the loss of the rest of our freedoms will only matter, will only be a matter of time. Uh, Let's see here. Going further here. um, Okay, next article. Eric Holder and the IRS administration do to advise hundreds of African-American pastors on how to best participate in the 2012 election. And this just reiterates some of the things I said in the last article. Representative Emanuel Cleaver of Missouri revealed on MSNBC Tuesday that lawyers from the ACLU, the IRS administration, and even Attorney General Eric Holder will soon be speaking with hundreds of pastors in the African-American community on how they can best comport themselves comport themselves throughout the 2012 election. It really should be best behave themselves. <laughs> really, uh, best conduct themselves, I guess. We will have representatives, now this is from them, we will have representatives from nine denominations who actually pastor somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10 million people. He said, this is this representative of Emanuel Cleaver, Missouri. And we're going to, and we're going to 
first of all, equip them with the information they need to know about what they can say and what they cannot say in the church that would violate their 501c3 status with the IRS. Wow. Isn't that kind of uh, confirming as to so many things that I've said about this particular subject? Can't lose that 501c3 status. Then, all your parishioners won't be able to write off their tithes on their taxes. Because that's what tithing's all about, right? Being able to write it off on your taxes. I mean, the Bible, that's what it says, right? No. When you give alms, let not your right hand know what your left hand is doing. You don't do it to be to write it off in your taxes or to be seen of all men. And I'm not saying that if you've given to 501c3 institutions, that was your motivation. I'm just saying that for a lot of people, it is. But for the church, their motivation is, well, they can write it off on their taxes, and we know who's giving, so we can give them preferential treatment. And trust me, I know I've been there, and and I know certain people get treated different ways in many, many churches, depending on how they give. That that happens all the time. Uh, They wouldn't want to lose their 501c3 uh, subsidies from the government either, because a lot of these churches were literally subsidized by the government because they're good little Nazis, and they play along. And see... When you sign on that dotted line and you agree to be this 501c3 nonprofit or whatever, then you have to be abiding by IRS guidelines because they are your creator, the most wicked, one of the most wicked, bureaucratic, evil, wicked organizations on the planet. The IRS, the private debt collection arm for the International Monetary Fund who literally owns the Federal Reserve that prints money out of thin air, who are literally owned by the 13 families, the banking families of the Illuminati, the IRS, the private debt collection, the IRS, the same ones that when you pay your taxes to them, not one dime of it goes to running this country. Not one dime! Who said that? Uh, Ronald Reagan's Grace Commission? The Blue Ribbon Commission that he, to, to find out where the money goes that we pay into different government things. That's what the Grace Commission determined. Not one dime goes to run in this country. Goes back to the bankers. You're funding your own destruction when you pay it to them. They're the ones implementing the New World Order. Key in freedom to fascism. Aaron Russo in YouTube, in the keyword search, he's dead. He kind of mysteriously died of bladder cancer after he released that documentary. That's just one of the many. Exposing it. Not one dime! Well, how does our country run? Well, you know, like when you buy a gallon of gas and you pay gas taxes, a huge percentage of that gallon of gas is taxes. Goes to maintaining our roads and those types of things. Then there's property taxes. Then there's sales taxes on just about everything you buy. They, we are taxed hundreds of other different ways, and that's what runs our country. Not... The IRS. That, it, but it's funny because when it, when this is brought up or talked about, well, he doesn't pay his taxes. It's like that's the only one that counts is the IRS one, and it's the most unjust, evil one of the bunch. Okay, and yet when that, well, he doesn't pay his taxes. We couldn't not pay taxes in this country. It would be impossible to conduct any type of business unless you, like, were a hermit living out in the wilderness, bartering with everyone 24-7. You couldn't not pay taxes 
We pay taxes hundreds of different ways and taxes that are built in to the transactions that we do on a day-to-day basis. That's what runs the country. I mean, we have a group of absolute total criminals running this world, running this country, running the, running the, the um, every aspect of society. And they're allowed to just continue and, and act as though they're superior or holier than thou in this sanctimonious, condescending way and act like, you know, you're not a true American or patriot unless you do this or do that. And these, these people have sold their soul to Satan a long, long time ago. But, yeah, they wouldn't want to violate their 501c3 status with the IRS. And here, it's they're saying it right here. Ten million, these pastors, nine denominations who actually pastor somewhere between uh, around ten million people. Uh, here's another thing. There's, there's no Bible for denominations. There's none. Well, there was John the Baptist. He was a Baptist. Well, you got me on that one. You got me there. <laughs> Obviously, he was John the Baptist because he was baptized people. Okay. There's no, there's no denominations in the Bible. It's the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. In the Bible... The church itself, the body of Christ is the church. It's not, well, I thought it was that building down the road. It might be where you meet, but it doesn't. the Bible doesn't command us, well, thou shalt build these gigantic edifices and huge buildings to house everyone where you can take on mortgages. The word mort means death. Did you know that? Mort means death. It's where we get the word mortuary, mortician, mortality. Could go on and on. Gage means contract. Mortgage, death contract. So you've got churches with their 501c3 status. The CEO is the pastor. The board of deacons are the directors. In their corporation, they have to abide by IRS guidelines. They're licensed out to the gills through the state to have their right to preach. They've got their mortgages, their death contracts, on the church so that they can have this gigantic building with all this overhead. <laughs> it's so biblical. It's just, it's so amazingly biblical. really is. And that's just, you could go on and on and on about all the other unbiblical things that typically go on in the average church. So I don't do any of it. I came out of it. I had no choice. Really, well, I guess I had a choice, but I refuse to participate in it. People say, where do I go? I pray, get on your knees and fast. Ask God to show you where you're supposed to go. Maybe you're supposed to start a home church. God can put somebody in your path. It's the most frequent question I get, and it's the one I'm least equipped to answer other than saying praying and fasting. I don't have a real network. Sam Adams in uh, Bellevue, Florida. Dr. D.A. Waite in New Jersey. I'm not saying there's not other worthy pastors out there, okay? It's just that it's a tough one. <laughs> so we've got nine denominations that... And uh, that actually uh, pastor somewhere between 10 million people. And this is coming from this representative. We're first going to equip them with the information they need to know about what they can and what they cannot say in the church. So, in other words, they're muzzled. There are dogs. And we have muzzles on them. And we need to tell our dogs what they can say and what they can't say. That's real biblical as well. Now, I've done many teachings on this 501c3 issue. 
and I give you the links to, to the teachings I've done on this, the, the dedicated teachings I've done, below. Um, and the one is called Feds Train the 501c3 Clergy to Quell Dissent During Martial Law. That was one of the, the titles. I'm making a small alteration in my PDF here. Okay. And, okay, so did you know that? When martial law hits, and that's gonna, that could happen like any day, high likelihood it's going to happen this summer or by the end of the year. The feds have trained the 501c3 clergy to quell dissent during martial law, to actually literally have their churches as gathering points, pickup points for the, the buses that take you to the train, that take you to the death camp, the FEMA death camp, or points where you come to get your mandatory vaccination that are probably loaded with microchips and all kind of other horrific garbage, including tainted DNA. And you're literally not going to be 100% human anymore after that shot. A good shot, a good chance of that as well. Because when you start messing with someone's DNA, that's what makes us us, who we are. I've done tons of teachings on vaccinations. Just key that in on the cur- keyword search box at uh, contendingfortruth.com. The, the next one is 501c3 churches are being muzzled. Another one entitled Disturbing 501c3 Corporate Church Report. And again, I, I get into a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about now. And then one, U.S. Church, the last one, U.S. churches are now part of FEMA and Homeland Security initiatives. Many of these 501c3 minions, pastors, are already on the payroll for FEMA and Homeland Security. They're called clergy response teams. It's well hidden. They don't go up from the pulpit and announce it, but it did come out uh, some years back that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of these pastors, and it's probably only grown on their payroll, and when things go bad, they're going to tell everybody, turn in your guns, be good little brown shirt Nazis, come to the church, get your mandatory vaccination, and get on the buses to be fed over to the to the um, FEMA, uh, FEMA um, train cars. So what they're going to be that's what they're going to be doing primarily. See, Caesar's going to call in the chips. There's going to be a price to pay ultimately for these pastors that have taken on this on this 501c3 designation. You can't I mean, you you've yoked yourself up with Satan. The IRS gave you your your right to exist. There do you think that that's just going to play out and nothing bad is ever going to come of it? That there's going to be no consequences or repercussions ultimately me for me doing this, for me yoking myself up with the state in every way, shape, and form, and playing ball by their rules, and being part of their clergy response team, and being yoked up with FEMA and Homeland Security. No, there'll, there'll never be any repercussions for that. There's no, there's no rotten fruit that that'll ever bear, ever. Caesar's going to call in the chips, and they're going to be forced. They're already in that position. And a lot of them, you know, may say, well, I would never do that. Why, why did you ever get in the position to begin with? And if you are, you better get out of it now while you still can, if you can. Also, what's happening to your church on a spiritual level when you do that? When the IRS creates you and you're a corporation and you're literally yoked up with the government on all these different levels with all these different licenses. I would like to know, I would like all these pastors to be shown, and the congregations respectively, worldwide, to be shown what is happening to that church on a spiritual level when they do that. Like, let's open up the spiritual realm 
the fourth dimension or whatever, and let's look at all the fallen angels and demons that now have access to your church because you did that. I think you'd be amazed, horrified, at what's really going on. And obviously, it's lulled them to sleep because so much of what needs to be talked about, needs to be warned about, isn't being warned at all. Maybe that's a reason why they're like dumb dogs, so many of these pastors, like the Bible talks about. Dumb dogs. They can neither bark, they can't do anything. They don't say anything. They don't warn. The sword's coming to the city and they don't warn. The handwriting's on the wall, plain as day. The Bible, like what the Bible talks about in Ezekiel 3 and 33. But no, no, there's no warning at all. That's, that's the, that's the norm. It's not the exception of the rule. That's the norm. Preach unto us smooth things. Take away this holy one of Israel as the Bible talks about. Tickle my ears. Tell me something I want to hear. Tell me something soothing. Give me some new wind of doctrine. They're hirelings that have no true love for the sheep. Because the true shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. Many of them are outright Satanists. It's one of the most coveted positions in all the occult world. They're Satanists. They're pastors. They pose as pastors. Lukewarm, typically. Lull the sheeple people to sleep. The frozen chosen. And, uh, you know... That's the reality. This this teaching right now, like the stuff we're getting in today, it's only going to get more brutal. I'm just warning you. We haven't even we haven't even started today. I wouldn't be surprised if this was the last teaching I ever did. Because I don't know much more I can say after this teaching. I really don't. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying it wouldn't surprise me a bit if it was. This is as hardcore of a teaching as I think I've ever done. And we haven't even started yet. Attorney General Eric Holder has been under fire almost since the first day of his term. Oh no, hold on, I'm getting ahead of myself here. While they, while they won't specifically tell people whom to vote for, Right. The respected speakers will discuss draconian voter identification laws and the Cong- Congressional Black Caucus as- expects the move will only help the Obama campaign. Right. Because they're going to want the black preachers to obviously... I'm not saying this to be, to be racist. I'm saying that obviously they're going to try to influence or try to get their congregation. Because the New World Order would like to see another four years of Obama. They want, they want him to finish what he started. It's well known now. Okay, so if they can use their influence, particularly with the black pastors who influence 10 million maybe potential black voters... I mean, I'm just saying. I'm not being racist. I'm being, okay, they want, I don't care if he's black, white, red, or green, they want to continue what they've started with Obama. That's the bottom line. And they're looking at like they can use them in order to reach, you know, to to influence the black population to, again, vote for Obama. Now, again, as I've said before, the voting process is totally rigged. 
at this point. Okay, but they still would like it to have some semblance of realism. If the whole country is saying, you know, get him out of office, you know, and there's riots and there's this, and, and, every, and it's apparent that everyone hates the guy's guts, and he runs against Romney, it's going to be tough for them to convincingly pull that one off. Okay, so that's why I would say that. Attorney General Eric Holder has been under fire almost since the first day of his term for holding biases in such a high office. He largely ignored voter intimidation by the new Black Panthers because it demeans his people, despite the crime that was committed. Um, and while apparently the taxpayer-funded IRS and Justice Department are fine, are fine subtly contributing to Obama's re-election campaign, they have been known to disproportionately audit Tea Party and other conservative gatherings. They are targeting them. Reports have noted that Obama alienated members of the African-American community after endorsing gay marriage and overseeing an increase in African-American unemployment rate to roughly 14%, which and nearly 35% for teenagers. I don't really even think those numbers are probably accurate. They're probably much higher. Perhaps this is damage control. We want to let the pastors know that there is a theological responsibility to participate in the political process. Cleaver summarized. So, again, just more more confirmation that the government owns these 501c3 churches lock, stock, and barrel and can tell them what to say and what not to say. And that's only going to get way worse. Think about it. Here's another thing. I've said this before. You're part of the 501c3b system. Where's that all going to end up? We're going to have a one-world government, one-world currency, one-world economic system, and, most importantly, for the Antichrist and the false prophet, a one-world religious system. If you're already yoked up with the beast, with your 501c3 corporate IRS status, you're going to be assimilated eventually. You're going to have to make a choice eventually in order to keep that status. Where do you draw the line? I'd get off, I'd jump off the ship now while you still maybe can. I'll lose my congregate. Well, take it to the Lord in prayer. You, you couldn't convince me that God's telling you to keep your 501c3 status with the IRS. I'm sorry. I... Just done way too much studying on that and done way too many studies and seen way too much evidence to the contrary. That has been one of the main traps of Satan to destroy. In fact, I've got a whole Word document and it's called Satan's Master Plan to Destroy the Church. And it's on this one issue on the 501c3 church. Just totally dedicated to that. The, the, the file's huge. Documentation, I mean, after, I mean... It's it's just overwhelming. Next article. Veteran forcefully vaccinated after arrest at Bilderberg. Um, an exclusive interview with the U.S. veteran who was arrested on Thursday, May 31st at the 2012 Bilderberg 2012 meetings. I mean, that's just like a police state. Been watching some of that footage. They're arresting people for literally walking a little, little bit out on the road. I saw this one where the guy was being interviewed and... A guy like went around him on the road and, and tried to come back, and the police immediately grabbed the guy, like three or four of them, and and uh, you know they've always got to like strong arm people and, and and gang up on people, and they're arresting people down there for like, you know, 
no reason at all. There's no First Amendment right. They've moved the, the barricades way back so you can't even get near the hotel. It's a total violation of what they call the Logan Act, which is where you have um, political uh, figures meeting in private with corporate figures, I mean, behind closed door, discussing and making policy. It's illegal what they're doing. That's okay. Hardly any reporting at all in any kind of mainstream media outlets. It's just being totally ignored. Because they, the New World Order picks and chooses who they, what news they want out and what news they don't want out. This veteran was apparently forcefully vaccinated and intimidated by Fairfax County police who were trying to scare protesters of the global power, uh, by the global power structure. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play this and just listen to what this guy has to say. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to stop it a couple times. We're here with a veteran. We're here with a veteran who was... He, he uses uh, some inappropriate language a couple parts, so I'm going to stop it a couple times and, and play through that. Or fast forward through that. Okay, uh, I just looked at my timer here. I'm, I'm over on time for this part. So I'm going to have to stop before I go to this one. I'm going to have to stop and go to part two next. And we'll pick up from there. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-R, Boulevard West, number 202, third line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613, or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.